planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Hey, this is Harlot from the Butcher Babies. This is George Corp from the Fisher from Kelma Corp. Hey, this is Rex from Kill Devil Hill. This is Wednesday 13. This is Dash from Devil Dabby. This is Odorous from Water. listening to Rabbit Noise. On Rabbit Radio. Turn it up. Welcome back to Rabbit Noise on Rabbit Radio. That was Death Ray by the Devin Townsend Project. And joining us on the program now is the man himself, Devin Townsend. Great to have you on the show again, man. Thanks, buddy. I am happy to be here. You're about to hit our shores again in October for a run of shows with Periphery, and this has got to be, what, your 100th time down here? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think that's being generous. Uh, we're, we've only been there 90-some-odd, you know. <laughs> no, we, we've been to Australia a whole bunch, but, I mean, um, it's always been really cool for us to go there. It seems like uh, we relate, and the, and the shows have been typically pretty cool. So, I mean, uh, I'm always looking forward to it. It's just a flight. You know, I, I it's... Uh, it's uh, it's my pleasure to come back. I love it there. Oh man, we love seeing you you come down here and play, and it's Thanks, always buddy. different each time, man. Each time we see you play, it's like you know different set and you know you yeah, change well, things expect, up a little bit. Yeah, expect that again this time. I'm I'm trying to make sure that with the amount that we've been there, that we don't you know offer the same deal every time we get there. Right? We're hoping that it can be interesting for people to see and i've got a t- luckily i'm prolific so there's been a ton of stuff since the last time we were together <laughs> and well the last one we saw you were actually doing uh the uh clinic tour that's right and that was great that was amazing oh thanks yeah it was i was unsure as to what the reaction was going to be because it wasn't um guitar centric in the ways that i assume guitar clinics are are supposed to be but I think for me, it's as much as I love the instrument, it's it's a tool as opposed to a fetish for me. So I don't have a lot of time or interest in um, you know being a, uh, a technical instructor in the ways that perhaps other guitarists who are more proficient at that than I am would be. It's just you know it's a tool that has allowed me to have a career in music and. Uh, to articulate myself emotionally, so I, I wanted it from that point of view, and I think uh, I think it was successful. I think people um, enjoyed it, and that was the that was the objective. I was there in Brisbane, man, and I found it really insightful. And I dragged uh, my best mate along with me, and uh, he's not usually into the clinics, um, but he walked away going, "That was just it, it was great, just hearing you tell stories and 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 play in that room. It sounded." so good it was yeah it was really cool you're going to do more of that oh yeah there's there's always uh always opportunities to do different things and uh i'm I'm finishing off an autobiography right now and i think that that australian run uh gave me some insight into how to do sort of a spoken word type of thing in the future so so i hope to do that again and it would be in cahoots with that book release whenever that is that'd be cool man what what, do you think you'd ever do like a uh, an audio book, or or like a, or maybe even a podcast series, or something like that as well. Well, I think you know it's it's all those things are are opportunities that I'd be interested in. But I, 
I also have gotten to a point in life and career where where I enjoy um, following my instincts in ways that maybe I didn't as much in the past. And one of those instincts is I don't like being rushed. I don't like doing things for the sake of uh, you know other people or approval of others, like all, like all of us. But I've I've finally got to a point where I don't need to constantly put out records in order to uh, sort of get my foot in the door. It's not firmly in the door, but I've got it wedged right now. So I think it's it's in my best interest to really focus on what my next musical and artistic outlet will be. And and doing something like a podcast is a lot like doing a radio show. And I did a radio show for Ziltoid in the UK, and it was so much work, man, because it just seemed like you know the the reasons for doing it are more just to do it rather than you know an aspect of your job or whatever and so unless i find myself with a ton of extra time i don't know if i'd be doing a, pro- a podcast what is a podcast there's a question is <laughs> it you talk and people download it is that it yeah i listen to a lot of podcasts that's how actually i got into uh doing radio because i love listening to podcasts and just hearing people's stories or interviews or you know, they'll, yeah, I really, you know, just things like that. It's really cool. I like it. Yeah, well, maybe, who knows, maybe my, my little uh, tirade there will end up with me doing a podcast. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd definitely subscribe. Yeah, it's okay, cool, awesome. Man. Henry Rollins is doing one now, and it's um, it's really cool. Just hearing his stories, he tells a different story each each episode. Well, and, they probably, uh, all these people, I'm sure they monetize it, though, right? That's probably how they do it. Or they just do it for free. Is that how it works? Yeah, but it's like uh, sponsored, I guess. I think that's the thing that it's like, uh, you know, it's just, you know, I advertise so much music gear now, and it's mm. like, uh, you know, I just find it, it's just so, uh, for me, I'm just I'm just so sick of the advertising aspect of it. It's like, like uh, I would have a hard time, I think, uh, um, finding a way to sort of be sponsored to do a podcast with a straight face. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's like... Uh, I've never thought of it, but uh, maybe. See what the future holds. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man, it's always <laughs> exciting what what you do. You know, you're always coming up with something new. Yeah, well, I'm doing a symphony next. That's kind of the thing, right? And it's uh, I'm just trying to get myself prepared for that because it's it's a it's a massive project. Like just making this all work is 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 a monstrous thing. And, and I'm sort of doing the legwork right now, and uh, and then January is when I start committing it with the uh, with the arranger and the orchestrator, and uh, and so I'm I'm hoping that I can really focus on that right now, and really try and really try and make the next thing I do musically significantly different than what I've been doing for the past few years. And it's not that I uh, am bored of that. I mean, I got a whole other record of DTP stuff, and then some written. But it's just it's been a lot of it, you know, and I would like to try something that's maybe a little different. So so I think the future right now holds that uh, symphonic thing more than anything else. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, uh, I've read things over the years that, you know, you're influenced heavily by, you know, musicals and things like that. Is that right? Yeah, totally, totally. It's also, as I get older, I find that I'm, you know, you get, you, you're influenced by things, but you also find yourself um, running out of, interest in things mm. you know when i was younger for example i was really interested in uh, comic books or manga sort of the japanese stuff and and now i mean it doesn't interest me at all right and um musically too you when i was younger i was 
interested while I was doing strapping and in, in being this incredibly fast and brutal and chaotic thing. And then, then all of a sudden I just ran out of steam on that. I'm like, yeah, okay, I did that. And then I think it's the same thing with DTP. You, you, you do these big sort of melodic, happy sort of statements. And uh, I'm not out of that yet, but there's still a part of me that's just like, okay, well, what's next? What's the next thing that's that's compelling me? The casualties of cool is a nice change for me as well. But but life didn't continue along that way, it seems. It seems like now there's there's this new avenue that's opened up that I don't really understand yet, and I'm trying to trying to um, put the pieces together so when when the music starts falling in line, it's an accurate representation of it. But as these things always go, you don't know until you're to your balls deep in it what it is that you're interested in, right? I was going to say that sounds really exciting, man. Like, you know? It is. It is. You know, I think that if there's anything that I'm really proud of with what I've uh, got going on in my career is that is I have the opportunity to follow those things. You know, there's some artists and musicians that in order to keep things going, they, they've got an established thing that they have to be in, and they have to sort of keep that rolling or else it just doesn't work at all. And there's an element of that I got to keep aware of, like the heavy metal thing, and and you know, uh, there's a certain group of folks that have allowed me to to be where I'm at, and I don't want to be disrespectful of that overtly. But at the same time, I, I find that with a little bit of caution, a little bit of care, I can follow these things wherever they need to go. And uh, a lot of that just involves going through the process of what each year brings, and then trying to articulate that. And there's this sort of gray area that happens in the middle of that process, which I'm in now, where you're like, I don't know where I'm at, but I feel this. It's something to do with 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 this color and this shape and this sound and this volume level and this kind of medium. And, and, and then it just keeps refining itself. And then before you know it, you've got a record or a project or a piece of art or a painting or something, and you can stand back from it and go, oh, that's where I was. And so right now the pieces are kind of just falling into place for the next one. See, but that's the thing with you. You've always had an open mind with music, you know, and you've never pigeonholed yourself. So it's you could do anything. You can go anywhere musically where there's bands out there, especially in metal, that they haven't really, if they go off the, the path too far, you know, they get massive fan backlash. I, I, I totally see that. I mean, I think the, uh, what's the thing? That, that's why I even named that project, you know, Casualties of Cool, right? Because I think that, I think if you have been hip for some time, mm. it's difficult to maybe come out and be like, hey, by the way, I'm actually not as hip as I thought I was or as you thought I was. I remember Metallica in the uh, late 80s, mid 80s, they were hip as shit, you know? They were really cool. And then all of a sudden, you know, James Hetfield has kids and gets sober, and he comes out as someone who I prefer now. Actually, I think he's mm. I think he's really inspirational at this point, but he's certainly uh, really geeky now. All of a sudden, and sometimes it's hard to make that transition. However, if you're really geeky from the first minute, then you don't have to worry about that. You know, like first thing I ever did was a Steve Vai thing, and man, I was geeky as shit, right? So. <laughs> So it's not like it's a surprise to anybody when I do things that are left to center. I did strapping for a while, and that was kind of cool, but it was never, even when we toured with bands, it was never like we were part of a hip crowd. It was always this sort of 
this peripheral thing, this you know, this sort of weird group of dudes on the side doing this sort of stuff. And I think that's a benefit. I think the metal bands that were really like like the flavor of the month, no matter how good they were, I think you'll be struggling to to do anything different if that's what people defined you as, right? Yeah, and it's it's I find it actually interesting because it feels like a lot of things in metal have been I mean, don't get me wrong, I love my metal, but it feels like everything has been done and pushed in that area. I you know, get it. Where where do you think, you know, it, it's going to go next? I mean, because the 80s, it was all fresh. There was new technologies coming out. And then the late 90s, everyone was pushing the hip-hop crossover thing. And it's like, it doesn't feel like there's been any new style or anything coming out of late. Well, the thing, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen next, obviously. But the thing that I miss in metal is blues. Because... Mm. When I uh, first was being intrigued by the genre, it was because of that influence. It was the Hendrix part of Judas Priest. It was the, you know, the bluesy part of Black Sabbath. Or, or there was that element of sort of the microtones and even Iron Maiden. You know, Dave Murray do his solos, and they were really pentatonic based. And there's this there's this sort of sense with all that sort of early metal. Dio even that, that that sort of connection to the blues that I, I think when I look back at it that's what really grabbed me it was those sort of half bends and those sort of um, blue notes that they would throw into it and I think that's what I miss in it currently you know there's metal bands now that are astounding and uh, you know I consider myself good friends with with some of these metal bands that are you know the best metal bands ever Mashuga or Gajir or any of these bands but even them, it's my relationship with them has evolved into more, you know, friends with them as people. And musically, it's it's there's not a lot of time where I find myself craving it. Right when I do, there's nothing better. But it's not often that I get there. But maybe what I'm saying here is just more a result of age than than quality of music. I don't want to be one of these you know ancient uh, musicians that claims there's nothing good anymore. It's just <laughs> it's just in that same breath, I've got to be prepared to say, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear that. Whether or not it's good, I just, it's not where I'm at. And, uh, and I think I'm lucky that, that with my um, connection to music and with my connection to what I do and my circus of a mind, unfortunately, whatever I do is at least going to be rooted in, in authenticity. And I think that keeps people listening. If I'm writing something that I know is commercially unacceptable, I find myself going, oh, shit, because I'm not going to stop, but it's going to be a lot more work to try and get people to uh, to participate in it. But, again, I can either do that and try and do the legwork of saying, hey, you know, it's different, but it's good, or I could just be like, well, people aren't going to want that, so I might as well make a sucky version of what I've already done and then hope that it will fool people. <laughs> you know, But it never does. It just doesn't work that way, so. Man, well, it's like, uh, you know, you, you did the sequel to, you know, Ziltoid, you know, the Z2, yeah. you know, and that just blew up, man. Phenomenal. Just everyone yeah, it did. It. It, was a, it was a cool one, but it wasn't my favorite. You know, I think that I was towards the bottom of, of that inspiration for me. I'm proud of the records. I think they're really good. I'm proud of the music. I think it's really good. But I really wanted to just make the, the, the puppet. I really wanted to do something separate from the music and the music was almost like a, 
Um, not an afterthought because I put a ton of effort into it, but it wasn't the compelling thing. It wasn't like I had these musical ideas that needed to be outed. It was, I had this concept that I needed to purge. And towards the end of that, I, I, I started thinking, well, thank God I managed to get this one done in a way that's really good. I mean, Sky Blue, I think, is a great one. And I think that yeah. Dark Matters as well says things that I uh, really needed to say. But I couldn't do a Z3 right now. No way. I mean, I'm out of it. I'm out of gas for Ziltoid. It's, you know, I'm doing the I'm doing the DVD right now, and it really is all the Ziltoid stuff in one place. And what it would take for me to do more Ziltoid at this point is if someone came up to me and said, "Look, we want you to do a movie, and and we're willing to back it and take it to levels that are just absurd." That would interest me to do a Ziltoid thing at this point. But but just to sort of sit down and start pounding out more Ziltoid music, it's not going to happen right now. So I think it's it was a good lesson for me, the Z2 record as well, because I recognized towards the end of it that I'm like, I have to be careful that I don't um, follow music into places for the sake of the audience or or even listen in some ways. And I think that's risky, too, because you don't want to ostracize people. But at the same point, you don't want to have people's expectations affect your writing to the point where you're just doing things safely for the sake mm -hmm. of trying to make a paycheck or trying to keep things going. So there's an element of stress about what happens next, just like, what am I going to do next? That's a good question. Sometimes I'll do interviews and people will say, well, what are you going to do next? And I'm like, God, I wish I knew. I hope it's not uh, another folk record because... God, there's only so much patience people have for that. And if I choose to go that direction, that's the only thing that's going to interest me. So my fingers are crossed that it's something that doesn't only interest me, but interests others as well. Definitely sure it will interest people because, as I, as I said before, you know, people always look forward to seeing where, where you go with music. Well, I hope, I hope the reason people look forward to it is because it's coming from a place that helps. When I write something because I want to, it helps me. It helps me sort out uncomfortable emotions or, or um, thoughts that are, are difficult. The world is, is, is in a chaotic place now. It always is. But right now is also in a chaotic place. And so when I write music, it allows me to sort of sort through some of that chaos that keeps me up in the middle of the night. And I think that if I approach music from that point of view, then it's going to provide uh, a service for people in the same way it provides a service for me. And then it, the, what it is, what type of music is really doesn't matter. You know, if it's, if it comes out as, you know, some weird other space folk or orchestral chaos or, or deconstruction or ziltoid or, or poppy accelerated stuff. I mean, it's all the same thing. So I'm excited to see more what aesthetic it takes next. Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to go to the track March of the Poozers now. Thanks for hanging in with us tonight, man. And we'll see you in Brisbane on Thursday, the 22nd of October at Max Watts. It's going to be okay, awesome. Okay, so we look forward to seeing you there. And uh, thanks again for all the support, man. Have a great night. 
Hey guys, just want to take a minute to give a shout out to our podcast supporters, RW Promotion, who are the best in the business when it comes to printing posters, flyers, banners, badges, business cards, you name it. They've got what it takes to help you get everything you need to help spread the word about your band or business. And uh, with a blistering turnaround, they'll make sure you get your product ASAP. So get in touch with Richard and the team at www.rwpromotion.com.au or shoot them an email at info at rwpromotion.com.au. Also want to give a shout out to the guys at Blacklight Art and Design, who in my opinion are the Gold Coast best screen printers. So, uh, you know, we've gotten many band shirts and even our own Rabid Noise shirts done through these guys. And uh, they've also got one of the fastest turnarounds I've ever seen. So all quality prints at competitive prices. Uh, so whether it's band merchandise, sporting teams, promotional garments or workwear, you know, they've got you covered. So hit them up at www.blacklight.com lightad.com.au or email them at info at blacklightad.com.au so big thanks to those guys for helping us to bring you this podcast each and every week and for of course supporting the metal scene planning on traveling this summer make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from harris teeter it's easy download your evic coupon and for every dollar you spend with your vic card you'll get two fuel points that's up to one dollar per gallon on quality fuel at participating bp and harris teeter fuel centers download your evic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with evic and harris teeter fuel points 